Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, in our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told them. The Gospel of our Lord.
congregation may be seated. Well, grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, Courtney, will you put up this first slide? All right, I got a little pop quiz for you. Ed, can you turn me down? I feel like I'm so loud. Sorry. Might just be me. All right. What do the United States, Liberia, and Myanmar have in common? Anybody? You can't. You've been to the first service. Anybody? Oh, come on, Penny. <laughs> Penny just ruined it. Yes, yes, we are the only three not using the metric system. We're still using the imperial system while the rest of the world is talking about meters, centimeters, kilometers. Here we are with these two little countries talking about inches and feet still. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Courtney. And the only excuse we have for this is stubbornness over the transit system. If we had to switch, we would have to change all of our interstates and railroads. And oh my gosh, what a burden that would be. So here we are holding out, and there are consequences. Our stubbornness has some pretty serious consequences. So here is the Mars Climate Orbiter. In 1999, NASA spent $125 million making this thing, and then watched it for 10 months as it made its way to Mars, everything went perfectly. And then in that final critical moment, it was supposed to execute an acceleration burn so that it could enter Mars's orbit. So they push the button, engines fire up, it goes rocketing toward Mars. Only problem is, it was going seven times faster than it needed to go, and instead of entering the orbit, it skidded off Mars's atmosphere and careened off into space, never to be heard from again. There you go. Want to know why? The Lockheed Martin guys who built the thing were using the imperial system, while the jet propulsion guys at NASA were using the metric system. What a pity. American stubbornness brings you the world's most expensive space skipping stone. Well done, NASA. Thanks, Courtney. It is not just us, though. It's not just Americans who are stubborn. Humanity struggles with stubbornness. Stubborn in sin, stubborn in our prejudices, stubborn in forgiveness, stubborn in sharing our resources, stubborn in love. And it has created distance. Distance between us and God, and distance between us and each other. It has been happening since the beginning of time. Since Cain first created distance between himself and his brother Abel, we have stubbornly been refusing to participate in God's beautiful creation for the good of ourselves and for the good of each other. And God has tried since the Garden of Eden to close that distance. First, he tried by giving us boundaries. Don't eat this. Just one boundary. Couldn't handle that. So, God gives us commandments. Don't do these things. Do these things. And this will keep you living in harmony with each other. That didn't work. So, 
God tried kings, gave us kings who would be an example for us. And that turned out to be the biggest mess of all. Just Google David and Bathsheba during the offering, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Hot mess. We are just stubborn in our sin, and the distance has kept growing. And our shepherds, in our reading tonight, sum up our problem. Now, they've become, I think, kind of a quaint little backdrop to the nativity story. Kind of harmless, wonderful guys. But in truth, hidden in these words that we almost know by memory is a big problem. First off, they're out in their fields. And that, that word out is a big problem because it's not just speaking about a metaphorical distance or a physical distance, rather. It's metaphorical, too. Because you see, shepherds in biblical times were not trusted people. They were actually, their, their words were not even admissible in court. They were for all practical purposes, outcasts, outcasts. And so their location in this text just makes us see, again, these are people who are not trusted. And then the second thing you might notice is that they are out at night. They are out at night. Darkness, as I've said up here a couple of times, is almost always a metaphor for sin and doubt. And so... These shepherds represent our stubborn hearts. Whatever flavor stubbornness you've got going on. Maybe there's a dis distance between them and their neighbors because their neighbors are just bigoted against shepherds. Or maybe it's, it is their problem that these shepherds were just bad guys in life and this is the only gig they got left. And that's why there's distance. Whatever it is, they are us at our worst at our most stubborn, and they are lost and out in the wilderness in the dark. And yet, their salvation is at hand. Because in this critical moment, in the history of God's relationship with us, on this night so long ago, God chooses to set aside boundaries and commandments and kings and yields to our stubbornness and says to the cosmos, well, if they're not going to come to me, I will come to them. And I'll wrap myself in flesh and become so small they'll have to hold me. And then I'll live among them and show them what it actually means to live a life of peace and mercy. And then I will go to the cross and show them what sacrificial love can do to the most stubborn hearts. And it will break us wide open. That is how God comes to us this night. And look what it does to the shepherds. Look what it does to them. It moves their stubborn feet. What's the very first thing they got to do? They got to run and get as close to this God-made flesh as possible. And then they cannot help but run to their neighbors and tell them about this fantastical thing that has happened. And here is, folks, the most incredible part of the whole story. These shepherds, these outcasts, go and tell a story to their neighbors, and their neighbors actually believe them. 
they believe these untrustworthy guys that no one else up until this moment in their life has put a nickel's worth of trust in them. It turns out that when God breaks open our stubborn hearts and we are willing to move toward each other, that people respond by moving back towards us. God comes this night, he drags us in from the darkness of sin, and then we are able to pull others out of darkness too, to bring others to the light we're experiencing. Now what does that look like for God to use us to pull others out of darkness? Well, I had the honor a little while back of doing a uh, 60th wedding anniversary, or a, six, a marriage blessing for a couple who was having their 60th marriage anniversary, Anne and Mitch. And I was surprised when Anne asked me to do it because Mitch has Alzheimer's and he doesn't talk a whole lot these days. And I honestly was not sure how much he would understand what was even happening. But Anne was insistent on having this blessing. He might not be able to come to her, but by golly, she was going to come to him in this beautiful moment. And so they, they stay after worship. They sit on this pew up here, and they're sitting right in the middle, and their little family is on either side of them. And I sit down in front of them, and we get going on the blessing. And then we come to a part in the blessing where she's prepared this little homily of sorts about about their life together, and she, she has something to say to him. She talks to him about how grateful she is for him, about how much their shared faith has meant to her. And to wrap it all up, she looks right at Mitch and says, I know you cannot say much right now, but I can tell by the look on your face that you love me. And as quick as he could, he says, I do. I do. I hope you're, you hear what I'm trying to say. She closed the distance. She moved toward Mitch, who I didn't think could possibly move toward her, but he did. It was her love that brought him into the light, even if it was just for a moment. That is what Jesus does. He comes to us. He comes to these stubborn hearts that on, insist on staying away from him, on staying away from each other, and it just breaks us wide open. And we will absolutely forget the truth of this night in the coming year. We will absolutely forget what Jesus does. We'll refuse to forgive each other. We'll sin. We'll refuse to care for each other in this world God made. But here is the reality. Jesus will keep showing up because it's not just about tonight. He will find a way. A Lord who can find his way into a manger can find his way into our stubborn hearts no matter how far they stray. So I got to say one more thing this year. I know that there are some of you, probably many of you, feeling the weight of distance from loved ones more acutely tonight. And if that's the case, let me just welcome you to the table. Because the Jesus who completely closes the distance and comes to us this night in the flesh of a baby also promises to come to us in this meal 
and be present. And here is the best part. When Jesus shows up at this table, he brings with him all of our beloved saints of light who are gathered on the other side of this table in heaven. They are with us. All those that we have lost in this last year. Kristen, and Bob, and Marlene, and Rob, and Donna, and Candy, and Dennis, and all of our loved ones. They are our heavenly host who sing glory to God in the highest tonight. And they tell you with your presence, with their presence, not to let even an inch come between you and a life lived in service to God and each other. Love and live and move toward each other in peace and joy, these saints tell us. Thank you, dear saints of light. Thank you, Jesus. And thanks be to God for this holy night. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor. And you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit Faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Thank you.